What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Center Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from the week that was talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Speaker, and more. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am doing well, definitely drained from the weekend that was, but you know what? I wasn't the only one there. There was someone else with me, and that's who? 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 It is the third member of our trio, Brendan Barr. Hey, that's that's, that's me. Yeah. I don't know so much as I, as I was with you, as I was just kind of carrying your bags while you were working all weekend. <laughs> no, I actually had someone carrying my bags around during the weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I actually had someone there, but you were going through with all of the experiences uh, of the weekend as well. We are absolutely talking about Expo Lucha. Brendan Barr and myself were there in Philadelphia this past weekend. We are going to talk all about it in just a little bit, uh, but we have so much more to cover. A very, very busy week in the world of news, Lucha and non-Lucha related. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go into the non-Lucha related, I know there's podcasts of plenty for you to check out uh, so please make sure to check out uh, websites like thechairshot.com which is one of our streaming partners uh, multiple podcasts there um, that you can listen to if you want to know about some of the non-lucha related items but this podcast of course focuses on lucha libre which has a very big week this week, not only in the, the independence, but in the major promotions. We're going to be talking to you about AAA, AEW, MLW, Impact Wrestling, NWA, and of course, 
that little old event that we went to, Expo Lucha. Uh, so buckle up, hold on tight, because we got a show for you. We are going to be kicking off our show with a, round, a wind up, a round up, a wind down, a review, I mean, however you want to call it. Uh, with uh, let's kick it off to Brendan, who will kind of start us off with our Expo Lucha review. Yeah, so we're uh, the the news as far as the lucha world uh, outside of stuff that we're going to talk about uh, with the up because we're in the middle of a sandwich right here. We had Expo Lucha last weekend, and uh, Triple Mania is this weekend. So the the news is kind of focusing on these two big things and all that stuff going on. Um, you know, first off. I will always remind people card is very much subject to change, which is the story of both of these events. We'll be talking a bit about uh, about that as well. Uh, there were several there was a small handful of wrestlers that didn't make it. So unfortunately, uh, if you were looking forward to seeing Tineables on one of the the uh, the two cards we had, he wasn't able to make it or and his companion, Aluche. Uh, Lady Maravilla, a couple of the others, but we still had an amazing set of cards. We had a lot of, of talent and people in the Lucha world around all over Expo Lucha. Um, we, uh, we had two amazing cards and I think that's where we're going to start. Miranda, uh, can you actually just read off the matches that we actually did get after all the cards subject to change? And then we can start talking about some of the standout matches. Yes, yes. So I'm going to start off with the big event, which was under the influence of Lucha Libre that was held on Saturday night. It was live on Fight TV, which you can still order now. You can order the replay uh, and access this entire show um, and definitely would recommend that you check it out. We're going to start first uh, with our first match of the night, uh, the team of Decimus. Smiley and Azriel versus the air show, which was Razor Wing and Mach 10, uh, with their partner Ultimo Ant, uh, the team of air show and Ultimo Ant One. Then we had a triple threat match for the Pro Wrestling Revolution Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, current champion Super Astro Junior faced, uh, Arrow Boy. And ASF, Antonio San Francisco, with Super Astro Jr. retaining. Up next, we had tag team action. Uh, the team of Sam Adonis and Black Taurus versus Frightmare and Lince Dorado. And if I recall, the team of Frightmare and Lince Dorado won. They did, yes. Okay. Uh, after that, we had mixed tag match action. Uh, Papadon and Miranda Alize face Reina Dorada and Mr. Iguana, with Papadon and Miranda Alize getting the win. After that, we had a big uh, legends match. Uh, the team of Damian666 and Demas666 versus Psychosis and Drago Kid. I believe the team of Psychosis and Drago Kid won. Uh, that sounds right to yes. me. Yes. Uh, I may have announced these matches, but I don't have all my notes in front of me. That's why I just stopped and second guessed. And it was literally three shows. And then for our main event, uh, a very big tag team match. Uh, the team of Ultimo Dragon and Dragon Lee 
teamed up to face Super Crazy and Juventud Guerrera, uh, in which the team of, I believe, trying to remember, um, was it Dragon Lee and, uh, yeah, yeah, Dragon, Dragon Lee won that night because we had sort of a callback to that the next night and it went the other way. Yes, Dragon Lee and Ultimo Dragon won. Um, that was on Saturday night. On Sunday, we had the Legends of Lucha Libre show. As I pull my notes up, uh, we started off with, uh, gosh. Uh, that, we, uh, that was uh, another, we started off with Decimus and, um, Yes, so uh, we started off. Well, there was another match before that, but I don't have oh. any notes on on it. Okay. Um, but we'll jump into the the second match of the Legends of Lucha Libre show. Uh, Astro Lux and Reina Dorada uh, teamed up to face the team of Devs, uh, Deimos Six 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 and Dom Vitali um, with uh, Drago Kid. I'm sorry, not Drago Kid. Astro Lux and Reina Dorada winning. <laughs> They're, they're totally different people, folks. Yes, totally yes. Different. Sorry, my bad, my bad. Uh, <laughs> Even though they're at the same merch table all weekend. <laughs> uh, uh, our next tag team match was the team of Solar Jr. and Super Astro Jr. versus Decimus and Papadon, uh, with Solar Jr. and Super Astro Jr. winning. Yeah. Up next, uh, the team of Juventud Guerrera and Psychosis versus Antonio San Francisco ASF and Lince Dorado, uh, with Hoovy and Psychosis winning. This was also set up the night before, so yes. yeah. Um, up next we had, now this is where the card definitely got subject to change. Uh, oh, yeah. we had the singles match of, actually, it was a triple threat match for the AAA Cruiserweight Championship, and uh, Laredo Kid defended his title in a, a triple threat versus uh, Aris, uh, Aris and uh, Gringo Loco. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Laredo Kid retaining. Uh, from there, we had a one-on-one match: Sam Adonis versus Dragon Lee, uh, which uh, Dragon Lee won. I'm sorry, not Dragon Lee. Um, Ultimal Dragon. I'm sorry. Sam Adonis <laughs> versus Ultimal Dragon. The other dragon guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then in our main event, uh, the team of Octagon and Solar versus Pirata Morgan and Damian 666 with Octagon and Solar winning that match. So, I mean, we get, as, as you have probably determined, this was a super loaded card. Even again with with a, a number of people not able to make it and other things having to be juggled, um, it, it, and uh, it, Gringo Loco and Aries were supposed to be on Saturday night, but they didn't make it into town until after the event was over. So they got they got juggled around into that to the match you mentioned as card subject to change because that was uh just kind of all made up uh as it was going along but a fantastic match came out of it yeah. um but i so i'm going to start with my my big overall takeaway is uh cuz we didn't mention there was three matches for a for a 
the middle of Saturday, which were correct. Yeah. Yes, that was the Viva uh, La Lucha uh, showcase, and um, it was a great concept actually. It showcased the lucha talent from uh, different parts of the United States. You had kind yeah. of a, a West Coast uh, match uh, with representatives from Arizona and uh, California. Um, we had a Texas-based lucha match, and then we had um, a four-on-four eight-man tag uh, with reps from the Pennsylvania area. So right. a yeah. little bit of lucha in each of those areas, which was, I think, a, a great showcase uh, to kick off uh, Expo Lucha. So the reason I, I was mentioning that, that is because we got to see um, ASF and Decimus in, in a little bit of that, too. And so they were kind of my big standouts for the weekend. I was going to say ASF Antonio San Francisco is, I, I mean, I've seen him on G, in GCW <laughs> shows, but to see him in person uh-huh. um, was phenomenal. He is yeah. so incredibly talented um, and just, you know, someone who's so energetic but fun-loving um athletic like what i mean he is really the future of lucha definitely yeah yeah and and it it showed over the weekend he got some high profile matches he got to put in a lot of work and he rose the occasion every time so i really Mm -hmm. wanted to give him the the props here and for those of you who aren't big on the american independent scene and maybe haven't seen him in those gcw matches it might be worth hunting down some of the the clips for free because you He's got uh, he's got he's got some very heavy duty lucha talent that you will uh, you will definitely be seeing in the near future. Yes, I absolutely agree. He's super. I mean, I don't. He's super young. <laughs> I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's so young. Um, I, and I mean, he worked so well with everyone he was in matches with, um, from yeah. Desmus to you know partnering with um, uh, with Lindsay. Um, I, I mean, like you could put him in any situation and like you said, he rose to the occasion. Um, and even that triple threat match, uh, with Arrow Boy and Super Astro Jr., that definitely too was one of the highlights of that entire weekend was that match. So, that, yeah, um, one give, of my favorite matches. Uh, I would say one of the MVPs of Expo Lucha weekend was ASF. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he wouldn't have gotten there without we're going to just transition without without that match with Super Astro Jr., who also had the uh, kind of a, a I I was super excited when they did this, though, having him come out with Solar and Legends mm-hmm. Solar Jr. It's kind of dusty. That's a callback to a to a tag team that I'm you, you're pretty familiar with, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Los Space Cadets. Yes, yeah. yes. Los Cadets <laughs> del Futuro. Or... I think del futuro or the I yeah. forget the, the exact uh, Spanish pronunciation, but yeah, um, yeah, this the space cadets, uh, you know, that was uh, they did uh, that they were very entertaining um, in their match. Yeah. So for those of you who don't who don't get what what uh, we're alluding to, the, the, the Solar and Super Astro, not with no with juniors involved, where that was their. One of their their more famous tag team pairings, the two of them together. I think they were they also in the Luchaverse comic together that way, Dusty. I believe it was the juniors that were in the comic, but it might okay. have been the seniors. And then they they also had the trio with Ultraman. 
Yeah. Uh, that was huge. They <laughs> yeah. had big hot feud with uh, uh, um, El Muñeco and uh, Pinocchio. I'm lost on their their trio's name at the moment. But, yeah, they, they had an amazing trio's team back in the 80s. So so it was nice to see kind of a callback to that on the uh, Legends show. Uh, so I just thought that was a, a nice little one. But um, was there a match that stood out to you, Miranda? Um, I mean, I I would say not just one match in particular. There was some that I just really enjoyed. Um, Reina Dorada and Mr. Iguana uh, versus Miranda Alizé and Papadon. Um, that was great um, just to see, of course, the uh, comical styles of Mr. Iguana, but also to see Reina. I think, too, she was a great MVP uh, this oh, yeah. weekend um, in tag action, mixed tag action on mm-hmm. both nights. Um and then just to see the the legends, you know, uh, Psychosis, Super Crazy, Hoovy, uh, Ultimo Dragon, like uh, even Hoovy. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, Hoovy, the juice. I mean, the juiciest one. Uh, calling everyone jabronis. Uh, you know, I think it was. It, uh, I, I would say his personality has just grown more as he's, you know, uh, been in this business longer, and he's able to do that uh, with still being as athletic as he is and being as talented as he is. And so, um, yeah. yeah. He kind of lives that. So for those of you who uh, who don't know this about the ECW arena slash 2300 arena that we were in, there is uh, a mural in the bathroom where wrestlers will take selfies. Uh, so Hoovy took this to the next level and he was cutting promos while his uh, on Instagram while standing in front of this thing. Well, people were still using the bathroom. So if you like go to over to Hoovy's Instagram feed, you might hear the toilet flushing while he's calling somebody a jabroni, which I mean, just adds to the whole atmosphere, in my opinion. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, he's it's he's an experience. We talk about that. There's the, that's only the stuff that <laughs> we can talk about. Um but yes, I I agree that we had a lot of that going on. I I just was curious if there was a a, a match that I mean you were in the middle of it, you were calling all of it that that kind of caught your eye because we we just gave the the fans a lot of of matches and they're all good. As you mentioned, they're on uh, the first show was on fight. Um, I, I believe it's only five dollars, so. Uh, I, it, I was gonna say I think it was it was listed as fourteen ninety nine um, on the night of. I don't know if that price has changed since then. Um, I'll have to take a look real quick and get back to you. Yeah, I I forgot to check on that myself, but a Cubs fan over at Lucha Blog said it he got it for a, a less than fifteen dollars. So I was yeah, I'm thinking the the replay price might have come down. But even at fifteen dollars, it's well, well worth it. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying. I mean, so there was a lot that went on in in the, in the matches and in all over the place. Uh, we had. Um, oh, you did. You were. You mentioned Reina Dorada, or yeah, Reina Dorada. 
Uh, and, uh, I, I spoke to her. Her English is not exceptionally good, but she is insisting that she's working out of Mexico City. Uh, I asked if she's coming back to the United States anytime soon. She said, not really. So, I mean, the door is always open. And with how well received she was over the weekend, there might be more people knocking on her door. But mm-hmm. it sounds like you you uh, may have to uh, look for her in the uh, in in the triple uh, A kind of segment of of the lucha world right now. If she's operating out of Mexico City, that's the most likely candidate to uh, start putting her on the on TV because. She had previously been from Tijuana, I believe. So that's yeah, a, a shake worked, up. Yeah. She worked up north, uh, and, uh, was, uh, uh, at the beginning of lockdown, she was working with, uh, Lucha Time and, and Chaos. So, uh, yeah, her moving, her saying Mexico City means that she's, she's making moves. She's probably trying to, uh, court AAA. Uh, yeah. So Dusty. You yeah. weren't there. You heard no. you heard the rundown of matches. Is there anything you want us to talk to you about? Um, well, I mostly want to know about Mr. Iguana and Lince Dorado based on my <laughs> – <laughs> you know, I mean, those are kind of the, the guys I've always had a, a strong interest in. They were the ones that I, you know, had the most um, ennui about missing. And, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Lindsay, not only did he wrestle, uh, both nights, but he also did a Q&A on Saturday, um, with the fans. And he, uh, was just really candid about, you know, his responses to questions about, uh, dream matches, um, you know, people that he's admired, people that he's, uh, been able to meet. He had a great story about meeting The Undertaker. Um, and also, uh, just about, um, you know, his creativity as a performer, as a mask maker. Um, there was one point really towards the end of the Q and A where he seriously asked everyone, do I have my mask on right now? Which he absolutely <laughs> did. Totally but did. in speaking with him afterwards, he said he he doesn't really get to speak with fans in this way. He has, you know, his Twitch streams and his live streams, mm-hmm. but they're always so focused on him either playing games or making masks or gear that he rarely has kind of this interaction. And it felt very natural and comfortable for him. So for a moment, he just thought, man, am I where am I? What, what am I doing? Am I do I have my mask on? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that, that was something that I think was very, uh, special for him and made the Expo Lucha experience so unique. Um, but he also had phenomenal matches. He had a great team with Antonio San Francisco, um, uh, against, um, and Psychosis. Like that definitely was a match, uh, that was one of my favorites of the whole weekend. Did stand out as a, yeah. Uh, and for those of you who haven't seen, uh, seen Lindsay since he, uh, was, was released or earned his freedom, however you want to view it, uh, he, uh, he, he has, uh, adopted a new attitude. He, uh, uh, Miranda, what were some of the terms you had to use to, for his introduction? Like he, the most interesting? Oh, the most interesting, entertaining luchador. In the world, 
Uh, he is the Mr. 2010. Well, I didn't get to say this one yet, but I, I hope to one day in a full introduction. He he is the 2010 and 2011 Mr. Puss in Boots. He's a Very nice. It. Yeah, he's he comes out in a lavish robe now. He's got kind of more of a a. a well, so he's got a sense of humor, as I mentioned over the weekend in, in, in some conversations. It's more aligned with, with, uh, Mr. Iguana, which makes me think, Dusty, are you just attracted to people that, that make, uh, overt drug references? <laughs> <laughs> My wife is not that when she listens to the show. She's like, you know, anytime somebody makes a weed reference, you're the one that replies. <laughs> That's awesome, so, though. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think about Mr. Iguana a lot, that first interview we had where he talked about Yeska. I don't know if it was even on the air, but he said, you know, only two people knew what it meant, Jack Evans and me. And <laughs> that's a good company to be that's, in. But yeah. That's awesome. That's a huge compliment. Well, we did see Yeska and uh, Mr. Iguana. Uh, I know, Brendan, you were there during the Lucha Bowl where both Yeska and Mr. Iguana were there bowling. <laughs> yes. So oh, it started amazing. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, that's great. It started with Yeska on Mr. Iguana's shoulder, and then at some point, uh, I don't remember which other luchador did it, but they grabbed Yeska off the shoulder and put her in front of the bowling lane in such a way that it looked like she was kind of guarding. And uh, Mr. Iguana managed to bowl around her without without dropping the ball on her or kicking her. So you know pretty impressive feat there yeah <laughs> and uh you know that's the year in luck as well as our listeners because uh as we end this segment or when we end this segment we actually got a few words from mr iguana brendan and i were able to catch up with him um at expo lucha and talk with him a bit about uh you know his feelings towards being there at expo lucha at the 2300 arena um, and really what's happening with him since the last time we spoke with him and, and how much uh, he's been able to uh, work in the United States. So uh, everyone is in luck. Uh, once we end this segment, we're actually going to be transitioning into our brief interview with Mr. Iguana. Uh, and just to, to set that set up here, we, we got more than a couple of inter We got a couple of interviews. Plus we talked with some people. So you get we get Mr. Iguana today and then uh stay tuned. We will be releasing more interviews from Expo Lucha in the weeks to come. Yes. But uh I think we're we're good and because we seem to all be just uh have kind of glowing about how awesome it was and we're not really going on giving a lot more facts. So I but why don't we kick it over to Mr. Iguana and uh we can come back and talk about the future. Look at, at uh, what's going to happen next weekend. Yes, yes. So uh, up next is our interview with Mr. Iguana, myself, uh, Miranda Morales, and Brendan Barr, live at Expo Lucha. And after that, we're going to send you to this week's Lucha Central Central. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 
Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. This is Miranda Morales and Brendan Barr live here at Expo Lucha with the one and only Mr. Iwana. ¿Cómo estás? How are you? Muchas gracias. Here, the finest reptile. Yes, the finest reptile <laughs> as well. Con permiso, lo siento, with the beautiful Yesca. I have my apologies that I didn't include um, her in my introduction. But uh, I was, you know, just so excited about everything else happening here. But she is the most beautiful reptile in this building. Is that not true? Is that correct? Because she's right now kind of cold. Oh, Kind of yeah. cold because Philly it's different and better. It's a little, than little cold down here. In Mexico. Yeah. But <laughs> she's happy to be here. She took photos with the, in the bathroom of the ECW. She did. Good. Yeska doing the legendary photo in, in the ECW arena. Yeska has made her mark here. E, what about you? What are you hoping to, to leave here today or this weekend from Expo Lucha? Well, first of all, it's an honor to be in the arena that we as uh, young wrestlers and luchadores grow watching poses and stadium, tearing apart this, this arena, watching Damien versus Raven watching uh, all those matches that made our, our youth inspire us to be like we are today. And secondly, well, the second explosion for me, the first was Diego. Now uh, people know me more because that time I was independent wrestler and I didn't use Jessica. Now I with Jessica and AAA, people is like crazy. Is the secret recipe to uh, Mr. Iguana, AAA, and Jessica? That, uh, it's, a, it's a good recipe. It's, it's a good recipe. Let's say it's a it's a more grande version. Yes, it is. And you, the primera vez aquí, in this. Philadelphia, no. No, no but, but not. In, in this arena. In this arena, yes. Oh wow. Okay. Philly was first time like four years ago with CCW. Yeah. But, yeah, we we yeah. covered the we talked a little bit about that. We didn't cover it was before us, but yeah, I do remember. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Now, Still cold. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get some cheesesteaks later, so maybe. Yes, please. Yeah, maybe we bring bring some back for some yes, vegan yes. ones for later. Yes, vegan ones. I'm not. We'll have to figure out about that. Where the vegan ones are. A steak made of broccoli. The broccoli. So how has it been today interacting with fans and now this being your second exposure uh, after quite some time? What has this experience been like for you? It's different because uh, I've been most of the time West Coast or I've been, I've been in the South United States. Now we are in the North and it's not the same as four years that I came. Now people know me more, people know more Lucha, people know more about social media. Uh, they are all hungry after the pandemic to because last year it was cancelled. Well, not cancelled, but it wasn't like this. Now you can see all the, the big, the big. Uh, Horse of people, you say, lines of people to get autographs, photos, well organized, and very good luchas. 
Oh, yeah. Today, I think my lucha today is different because the, my Keira and Maravilla couldn't make it because of the visa's problem. But they will be a replacement with, with a good replacement. It will be fun. And I think that's uh, always we, happens in wrestling hard subject to change. Do we get to know who your uh, partners are or is that a I surprise? Don't know. I just know I'm tagging with Brenadora versus another lucha woman. Maybe not, not Mexican, the United States, but very lucha. Okay, very good. Well, and that's why hopefully you order the Lucha Vive and Royal Influence tonight on Fight TV so you can see who Mr. Iwana will be, you know, facing in the Who Yeska will be hitting. Oh, and who Yeska <laughs> will be hitting. Yes. Well, Yeska get hardcore here tonight. Yeah, maybe she will get hardcore. <laughs> she doesn't have bones to break, so. She has nothing to lose. Nothing to lose, nothing to bleed. Yeah. Just blush. Just. Peluche. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mr. Iguana, for your time. Thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, we are so excited to be able to see you, meet you in person. We, of course, are big fans of you on the podcast, and we'll always continue to rep you. And Yeska, uh, also, you know, a big welcome to the 2300 Arena here in Philadelphia. We hope you enjoy your time, and just thank you again. Thank you. I love you guys. Thanks so much. And Rick, that's awesome. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Mass, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. 
fans, please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. We are back here at the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening in to our review recap uh, of Expo Lucha from this past weekend. It was live in Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena. We just shared with you a interview that we did with Mr. Iguana live at Expo Lucha as well. As Brendan mentioned earlier, we will be sharing some of our other interviews in the weeks to come that we had at Expo Lucha. And it's an event that we're just going to be talking about literally Literally until next year's will be in bated <laughs> breath as we find out where is it going to be? When is it going to be? All of that uh, information is available on expolucha.com. Of course, expolucha on social media. There's lots of videos. Uh, there's an amazing highlight video uh, that was put oh, together yeah. of the event. And so I highly recommend you check that out. Um, we've shared it on the socials. Uh, Mass Republic has shared it on the social, socials. Expo Lucha has shared it on their socials. So make sure to check out the highlight video and all of the clips that came out of Expo Lucha. But now we're going to jump into the future and we're going to start with AAA with Triple Mania happening this weekend. So go ahead, take it away. And I feel like this is going to be a co-branded segment with Brendan and yes. Dusty, each having little <laughs> tidbits of information. So I'm going to hand it off to both of you. Yes, <laughs> go ahead, Yeah, Dusty. that's true. Uh, first up, we have the the big news. It's also AEW news, I guess, technically. Jeff Hardy got another DUI in Florida at like 9.45 in the morning. He was super drunk. He lied to the cops and told them that he had brain damage, was going to go get a brain scan, that he wasn't drunk. His blood alcohol level was like 0.26. It was ridiculous. But because of that, Jeff Hardy, he's going to rehab, apparently uh, going to have to do rehab and maintain his sobriety before Tony Khan will let him back in AEW. Going to have to do rehab before his pay picks back up. So it looks good there. But this weekend... We have Triple Mania, Night 2, Chapter 2, and Tijuana, and the main event was the Hermanos Lee, Drillistico, and Dragon Lee versus Matt and Jeff Hardy. And as of 11.08 p.m. Central Time Thursday before the, <laughs> yeah. the Triple Mania, they still haven't announced the main event. They said Matt Hardy's showing up, but they haven't announced who's replacing Jeff. Obstensively, Jeff is in rehab, but this is Mexico. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Jeff Hardy. I don't think that the Jeff is going to be able to leave the country at this point. Oh, I just, hopefully not. It's I, uh, there's just been so many weird fair points. Yes. <laughs> well, but, yeah. I, yeah, especially if he's been arrested and maybe under the terms of his release. Um, yeah. 
according to many episodes of Law and Order that I yes. have watched, yeah, you can't leave the country. Uh, you cannot you're... leave the country yeah. while you're under investigation or while you have charges pending. So, um, yeah, there, that may be a complication. Uh, unfortunately for our listeners, AAA does, does have a press conference scheduled, but it is for the day after we've recorded this. So, um. yeah, which is roughly 27 hours, I think, before Triple Mania is when it's scheduled. Like, yeah, and nobody knows what's going on. No main event. They say Jeff Hardy's still or Matt Hardy, rather, I apologize, is still in the main event. And but Jeff is really the feature attraction. Matt kind of lumbers around. I mean, you can tell the injuries have caught up with him. He just yeah. doesn't have the same physicality that he used to. And I don't know how well his whole style and everything works without Jeff. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with. The the psychology of the match is just completely blown. But at the same time, it's not fair to Matt to just be like, you're off the card now because your brother screwed up. Yeah, so. I mean, that's the thing. He's not <laughs> his brother's keeper. There's been a lot of issues yeah. regarding that. And but at the same time, you know, you can care as much about your sibling as you want to, but there's nothing you can do, especially for an adult that doesn't want to help themselves. And so, to punish uh, Matt would be very unfair. So it's nice that he's still there, but it leads to a a strange dichotomy where you've only got Matt Hardy, and this isn't broken Matt Hardy like we had kind of seen work on his own before. This is you know like just Team Extreme yeah. Jeff Matt Hardy without Jeff. And the whole thing feels, and that was kind of what I I had the impression of. It was Team Extreme, a previous generation of brothers going up against, yeah, uh, brothers versus brothers. You right, know, the, which is the why, new way yeah. versus the old way. I loved yeah. the whole setup, and allegedly they were going to walk in AEW champions before the. The whole yeah. thing, which would have been an interesting wrinkle, especially if we, they could have given the rub to Dragon Lee and Drillistico, but it was not to be. And But we do have Triple Mania Chapter 2 in Tijuana this Saturday, June yeah. 18th, and they've announced a lot of the card. The first match, the like the pre-show match, is actually going to be the seven-woman steel cage match, the Roleta de la Muerta, Lady Shawnee versus La Hidra versus Flamer versus Lady Maravilla versus Chic Tormenta versus Sexy Star 2 versus Reina Dorada. And then later in the show, it, the two losers of that match, like the two people, the final two participants, they're going to have an Apuestas mask versus mask match. Someone will be unmasked, and it's not even the main event. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> right? The show is just going to be ridiculous. There's also a Copa Triple Mania. The names this year are just oh insane. Like, you know, we, we normally see a big name, maybe two, if you're very lucky in the Copa, which usually makes it pretty obvious. But this year, according to Twitter, at least, the people involved will be Ray Sholo, Mamba, Mr. Iguana, Nino Amburguesa, Dolce Canela, Abismo Negro Jr., Heavy Metal, Charlie Manson in a surprise appearance back in AAA. <laughs> very excited about that. We talked about this week. Pagano, Cybernetico, Dr. Wagner Jr., Luchador Sapresa and 
if you're a fan of the show, you understand this joke. If you don't, you know, you'll have to go back. But Makey is triple A in ring debut. Mr. Vampiro Canadian. Finally, we get to see Vampiro. Finally, years in the making. All these years. 30 years waiting. Finally, finally, we get triple A and Vampiro on the same page. Ugh, very exciting. But it's once again they're they're doing that. It's, it's loaded with uh, the young up and coming talent and uh, very well established, but not at the the main event at this moment talent. So if this lineup is true, there's a lot of big things can come out of this. Yeah. Uh, and then we already had some stuff set up with uh, Cibernetico at the last Ripple Mania, right? Yes. Yeah. And- there's also oh, yeah. like a big um, honor ceremony, like a ceremony to honor Conan and all his work for AAA and oh, yeah. Cybernetico. He's tied to that. That's going to be very cool. A lot of neat stuff going on. And originally they said that the wrestlers from the Odrelete de la Muerta tournament would be appearing, but it does not look like Knack, L.A. Park, Ultimo Dragon, or Rio de Jalisco will be showing up for this. They, at least they won't be in the Copa, haven't been announced for it. Nothing terribly exciting for those guys, right. at least. But we'll see what they do. Next match on the card is Laredo Kid, still cruiserweight world champion, versus Torus, who's the Latin American champion, versus Bandito, versus Ray Phoenix, versus Io Del Vikingo, and a fatal five-way Winner take all for the AAA World Cruiser Rate and the AAA Latin American Championships. I, I, I think we might see Vikingo walk out a Triple Crown Champion after this. Like, I mean, it's interesting his belt isn't included and the others are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the, that means one of two things: he's either uh, he's either losing or he's he's right. Gonna, yeah. Well, and he uh, and Torus are the only two full-time AAA guys, and even Torus does a lot of work in America compared to Vikingo. Mm-hmm, like right. he's the he's the most AAA guy out of the five. Bandito and Laredo Kid are both independent. Phoenix mm-hmm. is mainly signed to AEW. He's only signed to AAA for Mexico. Uh, Torus is in Impact and does a lot of indies, but he also does AAA. But Vikingo, he's strictly AAA. They love Vikingo. I think, I don't know, like you say, it could go either way, but I really think we'll see Vikingo walk out Triple Crown Champion on this one. I, I, I would say it's a good, a, a good, because they're really trying to make him the superstar. Like, Absolutely. Conan, Conan has said that he thinks the guy's of the future multiple times. Uh, I, I mean, everybody that has anybody at some point, when they say, who's the next big big breakout lucha star everybody points at vikingo like i mean yes. that's the whole point of the, the, the this forbidden door situation that never quite happened because uh kenny omega wound up needing to you know repair years of injuries that he just ignored uh <laughs> you know it's true though but that, that i mean he was and that's the thing not only has have the fans <laughs> anointed vikingo as the next guy his peers have too yeah uh, kenny omega refused to drop the belt to andrade to begin with he was willing to at one point and then didn't want to because he wanted to drop it to vikingo and then the young bucks at the first 
Triple Mania, when they were asked if they would show up, you know, and come in, they said, yeah, but we have to wrestle the Kingo. The only way we'll come is if we wrestle the Kingo. And so, like, everybody, his peers, the fans, his bosses, literally everybody says Vikingo's the next guy. Very exciting for him. And speaking of exciting, next up we have Pentagon Jr. versus Blue Demon Jr. in a singles match for the Ruleta de la Muerta. Who and then, is that? That's just <laughs> it. And then the next match, Viano 4 versus Psycho Clown in a singles match. Oh, Viano 4 wins that. I think so, too. I think it goes <laughs> to yeah. Psycho Clown versus Blue Demon Jr. Oh, But at yeah. the same time, Psycho Clown versus Penta would be huge. Yeah. And, well, uh, uh, yeah. There's always the threat before. of Dr. Wagner interfering in the Psycho exactly. Clown match. But, yeah. And we've mentioned this before. Miranda has met Psycho Clown, and he is a very handsome man without the mask. That is but fact. He has met Penta, and he said he had a round face and wasn't that handsome. <laughs> so, I mean, if I had to make a bet between who wins, I'd say Psycho Clown, because it's always the handsome guy that loses his mask. Yeah. That is traditionally also, how it works. Yes, but also, I mean, it's hard to believe that someone with the star power of Psycho Clown losing his mask That's just at it. this it's, point of his career. It's such a, well, he's the John Cena of Mexico, and it's such yeah. a ubiquitous image like you see the clown with his tongue out and immediately you think psycho yeah. clown like yeah. he owns that and it's such a but how do you picture pinta without the mask even if he goes to a face paint gimmick it's yep just different yeah it's and, different but it still works like he can still just do the face paint gimmick and he can wear the mask where because all the luchadors do this wagner is notorious for this they'll wear the mask out to the ring anyway yeah take it off the entrance yeah. yeah, so you could do that, and then you can he can reveal the whatever crazy face paint he's got going on, and it it just adds to the mystique of the character. That's why I said early on, I think he's a front runner for potentially losing. Like, even though he most people would call him a dark horse, I think when I think of people that could be that could uh, fail forward by losing their mask, Penta's really near the top of the list. It's true, and he's constantly evolving compared to a lot of luchadors. Like we've seen the Penta – first it was Pentagon Jr., then Penta, Penta Dark, Pentagon Dark, and then uh, Penta, then Penta El Cerro Miedo, and now it's Penta Obscura. And you see all the different eras of Penta, and he I, – I do think more than most he could be prepared to – be unmasked yeah. and carry it over and maybe even be spookier and scarier when we can see the full spatial expressions. His kind of presence is what makes him special there. Yeah. A lot of exciting yeah. stuff. And then the main event will be Los Hermanos Lee, Dragon Lee and Drillistico versus Matt Hardy and Luchador Supresa. We don't know who it'll be. Somebody it could even be Jeff. Yeah, it could be Jeff. I wouldn't be shocked if it was Jeff. Like, Mexico has disappointed me a couple of times this year, so I, I wouldn't be fully surprised. But at the same time, like we mentioned, it seems unlikely. And whoever wins this match as well, and this is the other part, like the Hardys were supposed to be AEW tag team champions when they went into this match and whoever wins the match was supposed to join a triple threat between FTR and the Young Bucks for the AAA World Tag Team Championship at 
Triple Mania 30 Chapter 3 at Mexico City on October 15th. So there's a lot riding on this match, and if plans were very firm that they wanted the Hardys involved, we could maybe even just see an interim partner for Matt. Totally up in the air right now. AAA has given us no indication. But on Triple Mania 30, I did mention in October the 15th, we will have the final, the Apuestas match for the Roleta de la Muerta. FTR versus the Young Bucks versus the winner of the tag team match from Chapter 2. Pagano and Bandito versus Johnny Caballero and Kinect in a tag team match. Taya versus Fabi Apache versus Diana Parrazzo in a triple threat match for the AAA Reina Dorena's championship and Willie Mack versus Dr. Wagner Jr. in a singles match. What? Yes! Like, that's insane. I, that's why we had to run it down. I had to mention Willie Mack versus Dr. Wagner Jr. This match is going to go hard. It, I'm so excited for this. Like, that's going to be one of the best matches of the night. Clearly, Willie Mack and Dr. Wagner, they're both so in control of their physicality and using their bodies to help tell the story and the psychology of everything. I just can't wait to see it happen. And Willie Mack is able to channel his inner Steve Austin. So Yes. Like, <laughs> that too. For, for a big man, he can work Lucha so well. If you watch yeah. Lucha Underground, you know about Willie Mack. This is going to be a very hot match. Yeah. And we'll just roll right into AEW. We kind of touched <laughs> on the Jeff Hardy thing. But last night we had a couple exciting moments. We'll start with the main event of Dynamite. Or last night as we record, I guess, Wednesday night on Dynamite. Uh, we had the ladder match between Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks. It was incredible. Christian turns on Jungle Boy at the end, smashes a chair into his skull. After the recording ended, like after the TV show ended, they stretchered Jungle Boy out, had the neck thing on, the head thing. Uh, Mrs. Perry, I guess. Jungle Boy's mother, anyway. Mama Jungle Boy, Sister Jungle Boy, they were both in the front row. Christian walks up to him and says, you raised a piece of shit. And then just walks Damn. off. It, oh, it was crazy. Amazing heel work. I don't know how they didn't see it coming. Christian has turned on literally every partner he's ever had, including the lovable Lance Storm. Like, we, we all knew this was coming, but crazy spot. Young Bucks are new tag team champions. Great match. Speaking of great matches, the opening match from Dynamite, we had in a place this match, but unfortunately, we had oh. very little build for it. Yeah. This Jericho. is the exact opposite of how you handle an Apuestas match. Oh, my gosh. Jericho versus Ortiz. <laughs> and, like, the the history was behind it. Jericho yeah. Association Society's there. The whole thing. And you get everything but the buildup. Right. Uh, yeah, it was incredibly disappointing. Uh I, I you even had the, the screw job finish, which would piss off the fans. But yeah. it, it would oh, have been was... if they'd been they would have been so much better if they'd been even put in like two weeks worth of build on this. It uh. just felt like when everything went up in the air last week. Yeah, that it threw everything in the future. Maybe they had to hot shot plans. I'm not sure what happened. Very little build for the Apuestas match. Uh, 
besides being in a Apoestis match, Chris Jericho obviously CMLL history. He knows about the Apoestis, but it got insane. He puts Ortiz in the walls of Jericho. Santana and Wheeler Yuta come running out to even things up. Ortiz goes, he kind of gets the, the momentum back. He's back up on his feet. All of a sudden, Fuego del Sol, of all freaking people, runs in with a bat. And as soon as I saw him run down the ramp with a bat, I said, that's Sammy. Like I knew instantly. And sure as shit, it was Sammy. He hits Ortiz, low blow with the bat, pulls the mask off to reveal that it's Sammy. It was ridiculous. I mean, so much going on. Jericho had to have somebody to interfere on his behalf. It felt right for the heel thing. But Ortiz, like, it didn't feel right for him. <sighs> I, I was disappointed. He did a great job. He shaved his own head in the ring, and then he started yelling, Blood and guts! Blood and guts! Blood and guts! Hyping up their match in Detroit on June 29th. It's, I, the buildup may not have been there, but with Sammy coming out doing the heel thing, Fuego, so good. Fuego got on Twitter, said he didn't have anything to do with it. Do not blame him. That was all Sammy. He Sammy, just really needs to let stop letting Sammy pick up his dry cleaning. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy, we, we talk about heels. Sammy might be the most hated. Definitely got the loudest booze of the night by far. People were so mad that they were – Already had a lot of haters, him and Tay Conti, you know, jealousy there, I guess. But after the Fuego thing, people, I mean, it went from jealous anger to, in, like, indignant anger. People were so mad last night. It was incredible. And we did get to see Andrade. He will be on Dark this upcoming Monday versus Frankie Kazarian. But also in Andrade news this week, he got on Twitter. He was pissed. Because New Japan, he wanted to work New Japan. He's got a history, though, Los Ingobernables. But CMLL had swung their influence and kept him out of New Japan, uh, kept him from working the Forbidden Door pay-per-view and everything. Like That's why he hasn't worked Japan. That's why he's not on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. He was supposed to be, but CMLL was able to make that not happen. I think Brendan has some more information on this, too. Well, so I went to our partner over in the, uh, uh, the Lucha Central Weekly over in, in, in Spanish. I went to, spoke to Pep, who is often backstage at events for both promotions, uh, has been, is pretty, you know, he's got his ear to the ground pretty well on this sort of thing. Um, and like, so he says that, uh, it really is more of a case of New Japan being an honorable promotion and and uh, wanting to hold up to the arrangement and not necessarily that CMLL pressured them. Uh, he he also mentions that like every wrestler who works for CMLL knows the score with the the ages long blood feud with AAA and they know that they are not allowed to work on shows with triple a talent uh and they you know it, it's we've we've covered this uh on this show like we've seen them they mm-hmm. the first expo lucha they announced a whole bunch of cmll wrestlers and then they uh in the next wave of announcements they announced some triple a guys and then all of a sudden 
all of the CMLL wrestlers were off of the first Expo Lucha. Um, and, uh, so yeah, yeah, it was, uh, well, and CMLL holds a grudge. Like we've mentioned this yeah. before, but when Conan and, um, oh, why is this Pena, Antonio Pena left mm-hmm. CMLL for AAA, they became permanently persona non grata. Like Conan yeah. has never, they are still, I mean, they are permanently angry at a 10 out of 10 level at Conan. And I don't yes. see that ever changing at this point. So, and I mean, so, it's, it's like a blood feud. It's, it's much more than just company versus company. Yeah. To, to illustrate that point, because Kevin with Mass Republic does work with Conan during the Mass Republic minute on Conan's podcast, CMLL has actually, uh, banned us from, from, uh, covering their events just <laughs> so you know why we are not actually biased we want to cover both companies i put i break my back the pep would love cmll wrestlers but they don't want us at events because they think we're triple a people yeah so, that we're trying to infiltrate or lead another now, exodus AAA. i didn't know yeah. that i didn't know that that was like specifically they're like yes. no to cover our events <laughs> And yeah, they they believe that we're working for Conan, and that Conan owns Master Public and Lucha Central. That's part of the CMLL belief, or it was at least. Yeah. Um, I think there they, might be. They some, may have loosened a little on that, but I think they've loosened a little. Uh, CEO of uh, Master Public, Ruben Zamora, was trying to set something up to make like a a trip to the Anniversario mm-hmm. shows. So. Hopefully we'll get to see kind of a thaw there between Master Public and CLLL. There's a whole world of Lucha Libre that just doesn't have – I mean, think about the visas, the publicity, the mm-hmm. marketing, the merchandising, everything Master Public does to help make oh, – yeah. if it wasn't for Master Public, we wouldn't know who Pinta and Phoenix were. They were, I mean, so yeah. – behind them and their marketing and their image and their t-shirts before master public had a store i got my first penta t-shirt from kevin kleinrock like i just sent a message how do i get one of these penta shirts he's like mm-hmm. i can hook you up and i mean so they are so responsible and to see cmll get that entry into america in that way would be huge for them as a company yeah they they That's have the to be able thing to that they don't have compared to AAA is american representation Mm-hmm. They have to be able to, to see the value in that, and because they're they're very they're very doing they're still doing well without it. I mean, they've got they can pack out Arena Mexico, uh, even in this post COVID era, they can they can still get plenty of tourist money, plenty of people come to Mexico City just to see a show at Arena Mexico because it's world famous right now. Like if you. Uh, we were just at the ECW arena, which uh, a lot of wrestlers there referred to it as sacred. But if you look globally, uh, Arena Mexico is the only arena in Mexico that is is like viewed as as hallowed ground. Like everybody that if they say they want to work in Mexico, they say they want to work in Arena Mexico, and then they realize that might mean they have to work for CMLL, and that's probably not going to work the way they want it to. But. <laughs> Or maybe it will. Like, I mean, uh, Avispa Dorada, that's what was her goal the whole time. She wanted to work for CMLL so she could work in Arena Mexico and, and do traditional lucha. And look how that worked out for her. So, 
I will point out once again, the only reason she's not there right now is because of a global pandemic. They, 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 they have sent emails and everything to try and get her to show up. So, but yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, you don't hear about it as much in America, but CMLL really is. It's much more, I mean, in America, it's WWE. Everybody wants to be WWE. They want to go mm-hmm. to WrestleMania. Every wrestler has a dream of being at WrestleMania. But in Mexico, CMLL and AAA are more than just, I mean, especially CMLL, it's an institution. It's been around for mm-hmm. nearly a hundred years. Yep. And I mean, the one of the oldest, oldest wrestling companies in the world, if not the oldest. It is. It is actually the oldest active wrestling company in the world, and that's uh, probably still pisses off Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that kind of legacy is so important to wrestling. So it's very exciting. Hopefully, we'll get to see more CMLL. Hopefully, things thaw. Unfortunately, Andrade will not be on Forbidden Door, but Thunder Rosa will. She mm-hmm. will be challenging Tony Storm. That's kind of a start and match, so I guess it fits on the Forbidden Door card. Very exciting. Had a lot of build-up for that recently on Dynamite and Dark. Uh, lots of cool stuff going on there. Big AEW news, and we'll cover all this and more next week. And when the Forbidden Door happens... Oh, go I, ahead, did, sorry. I did want to address one other question that the Internet has been going round and round with, which is... Uh, also on that Forbidden Door card are AAA champions FTR. Yes, yeah, that's probably something fans are interested in. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the other things. I, that was re- initially what I checked in with with uh, Pep on. Um, so the, according to Pep, the the main reason is FTR are uh, so they have a contract signed with AEW. They do not have a contract signed with AAA. That it's very Akin to, uh, uh, in the, in the 90s when the WWE were inviting Japanese federations to work with them, they, you know, you didn't, they, if they wanted, would have won a tag team belt at that time, they weren't really WWE wrestlers, they were from, uh, Michinoko Pro or whatever else was, uh, at, at the time. So, uh, so that is why, FTR are not truly viewed as uh, breaking this arrangement that New Japan has with CMLL because they're they're just taking AEW talent that's signed pretty exclusively to AEW and ROH, which are pretty much hand in hand the same thing these days. Uh, so they have the belts, but they're they're being viewed as uh, AEW talent is the the short version of it. Just so people can have some idea of what the weird wrestling political situation is. Who knew, right? When you were watching as a kid, you're like, I, I, these people all have more complicated and more interesting relationships than what I'm seeing on TV right now. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing how, not only how involved the contracts can be, but at this point in time that we are able to kind of see behind the curtain and know how it all works and, to to the degree that they let us, yes, I feel like yeah. that's the that's part of the fun is that they keep it just shrouded enough that we can only really guess, which makes it adds that hint of realism that wrestling fans really like. Um, Absolutely, yeah. very exciting. And like I said, next week we'll have all this and more. Um, I believe. Let me check my notes. The Forbidden Door pay-per-view 
is Sunday the 26th of June. And exciting stuff there. We'll see what happens. We'll cover all the results from that, Dynamite, Rampage, everything else. We'll have the results from Andrade's Dark Match against Frankie Kazarian next week. Lots of good stuff. All right. Thank you, Brendan and Dusty, for both the big news around AAA and AEW. We are going to be moving on to Major League Wrestling that had its own eventful week. We're going to start off by talking about this week in MLW Fusion. Uh, we had two big matches. We technically had three, but I'm only going to be talking about two because uh, the first one uh, doesn't matter. Um, the first uh, match I'm going to be talking about is uh, a World Tag Team Championship match. Hustle and Power uh, defended their belts against the Von Eriks and 5150. Um, I mean, this has been brewing for quite some time uh, with the Von Eriks, who were originally supposed to get their shot against 5150. Uh, they ended up testing positive for COVID and were unable uh, to fight them. That led for Hustle and Power to swoop on in, beat 5150, for the tag titles and now we had this triple threat match an interesting note that Los Maximos were at ringside and it's been announced a few weeks ago that Los Maximos have been making their return to MLW a historic tag team uh, with uh, within the ranks of MLW uh, they were at ringside during the match because you know many triple threat matches in MLW get a little crazy uh, they ended up uh, getting hit by Hustle and Power originally completely by accident. But uh, Los Maximos kept their eyes out uh, on this match in general throughout the whole time. Uh, Hustle and Power won this match uh, after uh, pinning Danny Limelight Rivera. And afterwards, Los Maximos attacked uh, Hustle and Power. So it looks like we, the next kind of tag team program we're going to get is going to be Hustle and Power versus Los Maximos. Um, so the tag team scene keeps on going. Not sure to see what is going to be happening if we're going to continue to have 5150 versus the Von Ericks in their own feud, um, still without the tag team titles. Really, this feud doesn't really need the tag team titles. Um, but, you know, it would been, it would have been interesting to have that, um, as, as an added element to it. Um, but 5150 still going strong with the team of Homicide and Danny Limelight Rivera. Um, so they are still going to be, you know, a, a, a team, uh, that's going to be a, a force in MLW. Then for the main event, we had the very highly anticipated inaugural Women's World Featherweight Championship match, Taya Valkyrie versus Holiday. Earlier on in the show, Taya went to go pay a visit to Cesar Duran, uh, welcoming him and, and uh, almost using the name that we shall not be using, uh, both due to legal issues as well as that's not him anymore. Um, so uh, they talk about his history, uh, their history together and uh, their time in Boyle Heights. Um, Taya asking uh, Cesar to make sure that there's no interference by Strange Sangre in the match. And he vows to, a, a, you know, try, but, you know, there's things beyond his control. Um, when we had the match, Holiday was accompanied to the ring by two out of the three members of Strange Sangre. And Taya came out with the AAA Reina de Arenas Championship and was acknowledged very much by commentary as that. 
the yeah. match itself worked in and out of the ring. Um, really, you know, hard hitting between these two women. Uh, very much playing up Taya's really multi uh, skilled background. Um, originally being trained by Lance Storm, but being synonymous with Lucha Libre. And Holiday having a very big presence within the featherweight division um, and having multiple victories. So really, um, you know, it could be anyone's game. Um, to me, the interesting part was that Taya won this match by submission um, by the STF. She ended up, uh, commentary played up that she may tease the road to Valhalla, uh, her, her signature uh, finishing maneuver, but she ended up winning by submission. Um, and so uh, with that, Taya becomes two-belt Taya, champ-champ Taya, however you want to call it. Uh, she is now your MLW uh, inaugural women's weather women's world featherweight champion um, and is carrying now two belts. Uh, so uh, I, it was it was a really great match, I think, though, with her and Holiday. Uh, both are very aggressive. They even took the action outside of the ring um, with a. Taya doing a, a dive out uh, and Holiday uh, with a pretty big slam on the mat padding um, surrounding the ring. Um, there was this kind of interesting moment towards the end where Strange Addies from Strange Sangre came out to kind of cause a distraction, but it wasn't one where it led to Holiday uh, getting beat because, again, it was the submission. It wasn't like she got caught by this finishing maneuver or, or by the road to Valhalla. So it was a weird ending with the interference by Strange Sangre. I don't know if that's going to play up in story later on, and that's why we had it. It really wasn't relevant to the ending, um, in my opinion. Uh, but, uh, again, that was the only kind of nuanced thing. Um, but now you have a new uh, Women's World Featherweight Champion. And with that, it also has been announced that Taya's first defense of the Women's World Featherweight Championship is going to be at Battle Riot against Brittany Blake. And that's happening at the Melrose Ballroom on June 23rd in New York. Um, also recently announced for Battle Riot, since we've transitioned right into that, we are going to get a four-way match for the World Middleweight Championship. Myron Reed is set to defend his championship against Adi's. Lince Dorado and La Estrella, uh, who is uh, representing Dragon Gate in MLW. It's also been announced that La Estrella will also be part of the battle riot that's happening that night. So that is going to be a four-way match. Like, I will be super stoked to see that. Barry, uh, 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 just just to see again when we highlighted and talked about Lince uh, in multi-man matches this weekend um, it seems that's something that he truly excels at so I think he's going to just have a fantastic match um, and possibly come out as the MLW world middleweight champion who knows um, but this is going to be a very fast paced high flying match I already see it so um, that is it for this week in Major League Wrestling of course MLW Fusion you can find on YouTube each and every week um, on Thursdays it's literally one hour long usually three matches it's very 
you know, fun and easy to watch, very digestible. And if you are looking for Lucha Libre within the United States, Major League Wrestling has you covered. Um, Lucha Libre consistently each and every week. So I highly recommend watching Major League Wrestling um, on YouTube. It's free, free, free. Did I mention free? It's free. It's My free. favorite price. Yes, free. Uh, so make sure though you stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We're going to continue to bring you all the news in Major League Wrestling. Speaking of free, Brendan. Yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of you kind of ruined the headline here. Did Let's I ruin it, it or did I help it? Because <laughs> now I already captured their attention. I captured their curiosity. Now you can bring them in with something else that's free, and that's what they can find at luchacentral.com. Absolutely. Yeah, let's let's do it. Uh if you're listening to this and you haven't visited luchacentral.com, it's time to do it. luchacentral.com is your online home for lucha libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when lucha libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world and a place to have their voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives of the major Lucha Libre promotions all across the globe. And here we go. We're back to this price. Free, 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 free. So visit LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you, Brendan. We're going to be transitioning to this week in WWE with Dusty. Yeah, uh, it's not exactly this week because we hadn't covered it for the last couple of weeks. But there's been a feud between Veer Mahan and the Mysterios. This week, we kind of looked back at Veer Mahan taking out Ray Mysterio or taking out Dominic Mysterio. Rather, this week, he wrestled Ray Mysterio. It didn't last long. It Again, this one had a submission finish, the cervical clutch, Ray tapped out. They just keep putting the Mysterios in these never-ending feuds that they don't win. We saw it with Seth. Now we're seeing, seeing it with Veer. He has wrecked the Mysterios over and over, but they keep showing it to us over and over again. I guess we'll see it until WWE gives up. It's been about two months now. This has all been going on. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see more with the Rey Mysterios. We call them out when they do it right, when we see the Mysterios. But this week, it wasn't it. Last week, it wasn't it. Hopefully, we kind of get to see them get their win back. But I, I don't know that I see that happening. They're trying to build up Veer Mahan, but instead of using local talent or uh, unsigned talent to do squash matches, they're using the Mysterios. And that feels... Sick and wrong to me as a Rey Mysterio fan. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's better choices to get that story told, even if you're trying to show. I mean, to beat Rey Mysterio should be a huge deal at this level in his career. It shouldn't be a throwaway be match. It wasn't even the main event. It was the last yeah. match of the night, but the main event was a, like an oiled-up pose down between yes. Lashley and Well, <laughs> as we've already been able to know... You know, between AEW and WWE, the one thing they have in common is that they're right now not understanding Lucha. Uh, between yes. 
poorly implemented uh, Apuestas matches to kind of throwaway uh, matches over, you know, living legends like Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, right now, neither one of them are winning. So. No, it's true. It's true. They, um, as, as, uh, another podcast described it, it's like one company makes a step backwards and the other one's like, hold my beer and they take a bigger step backwards. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as opposed to seizing the opportunity to actually step forward. So absolutely. They they only see it from the outside, like a tourist's point of view, rather than an actual fan's point of view. They understand a hair versus hair match, but they can't understand the psychology, the importance, the history, the how it's Even kind of a way to Chris cap Jericho off a blood involved. feud. This, yeah, yeah, this is just a step on the feud and how they put kind of... Uh, yeah, well, I'm not... So that goes back to my so one of my other complaints from from an early uh, proud and powerful feud like you had that uh, you had that street fight, which was three quarters of an amazing match Mm -hmm. with a stupid finish. And it's it's the same kind of thing like they have these amazing parts. They know they have these wrestlers. They have these and they, they can put them in these big matches, but then they don't do anything with these 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 wonderful pieces they just kind of we're going to throw it out so that it can uh pop our ratings on on a wednesday mm-hmm. and uh you know yeah yeah and, and nothing uh, special with it i mean that's the i mean an apoistus match should be a huge deal this should be your main event this this should be the cap off to the feud this is what settles a feud it it shouldn't yeah. be how you bring sammy in and Turn the yep. Jericho Appreciation Society. Well, you, you still could have done that in the main event. The, yeah. and, well, you know, exactly. We were complaining about the build. They could have at least done the build over the course of the night, right? Like they could have, they could have started off the night with an interview segment that let you know really builds up to it. Had a couple of backstage encounters so that the fans are like primed and ready and know this is going to be a big deal fight. And well, that's, you know, yeah, yeah, it should have been a big deal, and it always felt like it should have been a big deal, and they just didn't make it a big deal. And it, we're 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 actually giving AEW time when we were talking about the WWE not handling right, <laughs> but, uh, but WWE, I mean, same uh, thing. They just misused their luchadors. They don't understand the lucha thing. It seems like they've even forgot about Giant Killer Ray. Like I understand. Veers humongous, but like Ray used to be great at this. That was kind of his bag was wrestling great big guys. Yep. And they've just really dropped the ball on the Mysterios. It feels like they don't know what to do with them as a tag team. Mm-hmm. And I I have to wonder if they've implied or outright said they won't be re-signing their contracts because we saw very similar treatment from people like Miro when you know when he was Rusev and leaving WWE. It just doesn't feel like WWE plans on having the Mysterios for the long haul at this point. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of all that. But lately, very disappointing. Hopefully we have better news for you next week from Raw. 
We are going to be transitioning into a promotion we haven't talked about in a little bit, and that's Impact Wrestling. Uh, Slammiversary is coming up this weekend, but before I go into that, uh, this week on Before the Impact, which is the equivalent to uh, AEW Dark, I'd like to say, uh, we had Laredo Kid versus Blake uh, Christian. Uh, and, uh, that was a fantastic match. It's usually before the impact has about one match and they do a lot of highlights of storylines and moments from weeks before. Um, but they, uh, again, are both more of that cruiserweight young style X division area and uh, they had a fantastic match. Um, Laredo Kid won with the Spanish Fly, which I was a little surprised with, um, just because Laredo Kid has truly been has a lot of 50-50 booking and impact. Yes. Uh, so uh, that, to me, has been, he's been a little bit of a curiosity. And I go into a little bit later about some of the matches at Slammiversary. I'm a little surprised he's not on this card. Granted, it probably is because of AAA. Um, so, you know, that that's its own thing. Um, but ultimately, it is just uh, something that's a curiosity with Laredo Kid. Um, is 50-50 booking there. Uh, I would say that Black Taurus... Uh, wasn't featured this week, but at least he's more, he's been part of Decay, so he's been used as more of a character, and the, the wins and losses don't necessarily impact him as more, as much, but I, it, Laredo Kid, I think, is, is such a good fit for the X division, but it's also a very packed division, so. I just wonder what what is next for Laredo Kid. But uh, watch Before the Impact. It is uh, on YouTube for free. Um, so you can watch it without uh, needing to have a subscription. Um, and if you're just wanting your fix of Laredo Kid, check him out this week on Before the Impact. With that, I did want to mention a few matches that are scheduled to be on Slammiversary. Uh, Impact Wrestling has been celebrating 20 years uh, of impact, which I'm sure nobody thought they'd get to. Uh, but here they are. Uh, Slammiversary is going to be live on pay-per-view. And a few matches to make note of. We talked about her earlier. Taya Valkyrie is going to be on the card. She's actually going to be teaming up with her old friend Rosemary to face the Influence, the team of Tenelle Dashwood and Madison Rain, for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. So, it is very possible by the end of this weekend, Taya will be a three-time champ with three different promotions, um, which I think I, I'm I'm pulling for her and Rosemary. I loved this team before yes. Taya left. Uh, you know, uh, previously uh, before she she uh, left to go to WWE. Um, it is very much an odd couple uh, of wrestling, but they had such great chemistry and um, both in and out of the ring. So I am rooting for Rosemary and Taya uh, to become the new Knockouts Tag Team Champions. We also have, uh, in an interesting note, uh, Sammy Callahan, of course, from, from Lucha Underground in the later series uh, seasons, is in a Monsters Ball match against Moose. Uh, which this sounds like it's Sammy's match to win. Um, Moose is, is not really known for some of his more hardcore wrestling, uh, but uh, it is going to be a very intriguing match to see uh, clips of or, you know, see uh, moments from. We also uh, have 
the uh, X Division in action. We are having an Ultimate X match for the Impact X Division Championship. Your current uh, champion, East Austin, is set to have his uh, title up for grabs against Kenny King, Mike Bailey, Trey Miguel, Jack Evans, and Alex Zane. So if you are in the mood for, again, high-flying, high-speed, you know, uh, incredible uh, agility and ability. The Ultimate X match is one that rarely ever disappoints. And with all of these people in the match itself, it's going to be great. I'm especially rooting for Jack Evans. Uh, will he win the championship? Who knows? Probably not. But to be able to see him in a match of this way, in this caliber, um, after, you know, leaving AEW, I'm just rooting for him. Personally, <laughs> any thoughts on on any of the competitors in this match? Is uh, is there anyone in particular uh, you guys are rooting for? For me, it's Alex Zane. Like he can yep. go no, do no wrong in my eyes. I love everything he does. Uh, the last, gosh, how long has it been? But since he's been on the Indies again, he is really doing things for himself, building mm-hmm. his name up. Very exciting mm-hmm. for him. He did come out saying very specifically that that's what he was going to do is just start climbing and rocketing his way back up. Um, I, I would just, I mean, how can you hate a man who has posters of himself in a bathtub with, <laughs> with Baja Blast all around him and a Body by Taco Bell logo? I mean, just like. He loves that Baja Blast. Like, yeah. And it's so good. Like, if you've never had Baja Blast, you should try it. You could be Alex well, just a minute there. Yeah. He's just all about the Taco Bell for, for a number of reasons. Uh, so every time we stop, on a wrestling road trip at a Taco Bell because it's one of the only things open after a show. We always, uh, we, we always have to like send Alex Zane a picture just because that's, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> which Shout is out. still better than what, uh, what, uh, Darby Allen and a couple of other wrestlers share. And I'm not going to say that on the air because it's, it's just not, it's not my story to tell, but not. <laughs> It's it's weird. It's just weird. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. But I wanted to to just swing back because you were talking about uh, Rosemary, and I wanted to remind the wrestling fans that Rosemary did do a brief stint in AAA, and even had the match with uh with with the original Sexy Star, which kind of set off mm-hmm. the uh, downfall of Sexy Star's career. Yes, a match that will live in infamy. Uh, but, but it was, that had nothing to do with Rosemary, other than the fact that she was on the receiving end of some inappropriate ring behavior. So I just, you know, uh, if you're, if you're watching, that's basically, that's, that's part of the friendship right there, is Taya felt personally offended by, by that behavior and, and, and reached out to her as a person at that point in time. So, yeah. 
And in uh, interesting news, in news that nobody knew that they wanted and probably still don't know <laughs> if they do, uh, the Reverse Battle Royal is making its return. Oh, Jesus. Oh, well. <laughs> so uh, that may be where uh, some interesting things happen. That's going to be oh. on Countdown to Slammiversary, so I believe that's going to be available on YouTube for free. Uh, but for those of you who aren't familiar with the Reverse Battle Royal, um, I believe it started in 2006 under more of the TNA banner. One of the more infamous strange stipulation matches uh, where competitors were, instead of fighting, uh, everyone was inside of the ring and then you are eliminated uh, by going over the top rope. Uh, all of the competitors start outside of the ring and then are fighting to get in the ring and then you do an actual battle royal. Don't ask, but, um, you know, wouldn't be 20 years of impact without, you know, uh, having to, some of the good stipulation matches a la Ultimate X and some of the not so good ones, as in the reverse battle royal, <laughs> which is the and, most impact thing of all. Yeah, oh. yeah, to have well, the good actually, and the bad. Actually, I do have to point out that the the reverse battle royal is very similar to some lucha gimmicks too. Like they have a very similar set of circumstances for their for some of the cyberneticos where the people are trying to fight their way into the ring. Uh, and then the, the tournament will start and proper. So, like, um, if it, if it's a crazy gimmick match, it's it probably it, you can probably find something that is at least like it, if not exactly like it, in Lucha, because um, yeah, they love they love their gimmick matches. <laughs> well, make sure to stay tuned if you are a fan. Impact Wrestling Slammiversary this Sunday uh, on pay per view. Last but not least, another promotion that we haven't talked about in quite some time, NWA. And we're going to be recapping Always Ready, which was uh, their pay-per-view event that happened this past weekend. Again, we were busy with Expo Lucha, so we didn't get to see it live. But there were some interesting notes uh, that came out of it. Uh, first off, another Taya sighting. Taya made her NWA debut, uh, Always Ready versus Natalia Markova, um, who is being accompanied to the ring by Taryn Terrell. Uh, Taya hit her Valkyrie. Uh, Taya hit her finisher on uh, in this match. Um, however, there was a distraction by uh, Taryn Terrell, um, and Markova hit her spinning kick uh, for the win. So a very surprised win uh, for Natalia Markova in uh, this match against a very well-established uh, Taya Valkyrie. Um, don't know if Tyre will be making more appearances for the NWA, uh, but again, another promotion to check off her list. Uh, after that, we saw Homicide defend the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship not once, but twice. Uh, first, he defeated PJ Hawks. Um, but then after that, Kobe Carino came out. Apparently, Kobe Carino had a uh, cash-in opportunity. Um, not exactly sure the circumstances because I don't follow NWA as much. Just being transparent. Uh, but he had a cash-in opportunity uh, to challenge for a championship, which he did after a uh, uh, homicide match with PJ Hawks. Um, and Homicide won and was successful twice in a row in retaining the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship. So, you know who would know 
uh, where that opportunity came from. Your boy Papo Esco. So, you know, maybe, maybe you should, uh, you should ask him, hey, what's the deal? Yeah. Just so, you know, maybe, maybe we, so. We, we found out when we were talking with him that Papo Esco is, in fact, a wrestling historian and he, uh, is going, he's, he's, uh, been in and around the NWA conversation sphere. So he's been following NWA and, I I don't I don't know what uh, what details we can release on that, but I know he uh, he he's following the NWA very closely. I'm just gonna put it that way. <laughs> and then uh, the big news to come out of Always Ready, uh, La Rebellion, uh, who were the uh, NWA tag team champions, lost. Um, their titles to the Commonwealth, the team of Harry Smith and Doug Williams, ending their 286-day reign. Um, so a, a big defeat for La Rebellion, who had been tag champions for quite a while. Um, one of the few Lucha teams uh, in the history uh, of the tag titles, uh, or one of the, the few Luchador teams to win the NWA mm-hmm. uh, tag team titles. Um and so that was a, a huge accomplishment for them to be uh, to reign as long as they did, um, and one where uh, you know we will see what's next for La Rebellion. We did see uh, clips and some pictures of La Rebellion, including Damian Six 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 at tapings in Nashville. So we will still see La Family de Tijuana uh, in action there uh, in the NWA. Um, I don't know if they will get another title opportunity, if there is a rematch in the works, but um, big yeah, big news coming out of, of Always Ready with La Rebellion uh, losing the tag team titles to Doug Williams and Harry Smith, the Commonwealth Connection. Um, interestingly enough, I believe this is Harry Smith's like third or fourth tag title reign. I believe at least second, um, maybe third. Um, and so, uh, Harry Smith is, is, uh, very familiar with the scene of, of tag team, uh, gold. Uh, and so, uh, will be very interesting to see, um, the next chapter for the NWA tag team titles, but always ready. I believe it was available on fight. Um, and you could still order it um, if you want to watch the replay. Um, and NWA Power each and every week. Again, not so much lots of Lucha action, which is why we don't haven't covered it in quite some time. But, uh, again, there was some, definitely some Lucha-related matches on there. And NWA still coming out strong, too. So I definitely got to commend them for all of their efforts and work. I uh I heard some rumors over the Expo Lucha weekend so we might be seeing more lucha guys showing up in in the the that old mid-south region as that NWA is currently working in just uh keeping my ears open on that one and uh the the, the people that I've been talking to hopefully will will uh come through with information when we get it. Well, you all better keep your ears open for future episodes of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, because that's it for this week. We ran you through everything that you need to know that happened this week in Lucha Libre. So make sure uh, to stay tuned to future episodes 
of the show. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And you can follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. You can also check out Lucha Central's YouTube page that has all of our previous episodes as well as previous episodes of uh, the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast in Espanol. And a big shout out to Masks, Mats, and Mayhem making their return after uh, a bit of a hiatus. Uh, they are now in their second week of returning back. Um, and so if you've been missing your Masks, Mats, and Mayhem, check them out uh, on Lucha Central's YouTube page, as well as all of the streaming platforms we talked about earlier, uh, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Speaker, and more uh, for all of the podcasts that are part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network. While you're at I, it, go, go ahead. I'm just going to jump in real quick since we're doing that. We, uh, Dos Hermanos Lucha, who are also uh, – our podcasting partners uh, seem to have gotten the itch by talking to us over the Expo Lucha weekend. So uh, first off, the, we we may be talking about them in the future. I'm not going to give too much of that away, but we were talking to them. And they, so I wanted to give them the shout out, too, because I saw they got on Instagram and started talking a little bit. So I think they might be coming out with a new show soon. Ooh, they were great. They had uh, their their huge mask collection there, and that's just a portion of their mask collection that they brought yeah. with them. Um, yeah, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You may be hearing more from them, not only from their show, but our show uh, within the coming week. So please stay tuned. Uh, but on top of that, though, we got to let our listeners know where they can find us on social media. So, Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the number, 321. T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram, and I'm all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter, but don't you worry, because that's why you follow everybody else on Twitter. Again, if you are listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get a new notification each and every time a new episode of the podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and you can leave us a review. Uh, it was great meeting so many people at Expo Lucha uh, and connecting with people. So please feel free to reach out to social media, whether you were at Expo Lucha, whether you have questions about Expo Lucha, whether you just want to let us know things about the show or our thoughts on things happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you. We definitely want to know your thoughts and your opinions on everything that we talk about. And with that, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you stay tuned to our show next week because we'll have more for you. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much, and we'll be with you next week.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 